0: Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kolodziej of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is Ramon. And we're here to talk some football. But first, I want to remind you that this program is brought to you by the good people at the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they're open for business 24-7, serving fresh, hot, food and it's good stuff. Moan, what's going on? Not much, man. Trying to stay cool. Okay. Even as a former player, it's hot. Even
1: here in Tennessee
0: right now. Well it's especially hot in Tennessee. I gotta tell you, I was just uh I was just out west with the Pirates and I was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. it was not hot no. in San Francisco because it, it never <laughs> is.
1: It never is and even their hot is still like well This is okay to me.
0: Yeah, it was actually very, very comfortable. Uh, What was not comfortable... I can tell you was being over at Steelers training camp uh, in the, all that yellow at Heinz Field. Yeah. And just this merciless sun coming down. <laughs> and I know you'll have no sympathy for that sort of None. thing. Having partaken in actual two-a-days. Two-a-days yeah. back when that was a thing out in LaToma. Don't get me up on my soapbox, okay? <laughs> I got time to talk about real two-a-days, okay? Man, those those were the days. Like the, the look on your guys' faces when you'd come off the field, <laughs> and we'd be like, "Hey, Moan, got a second? Uh, oh. <laughs> you didn't see all you needed to see two times yeah, a day so already. This, what else? Well, yeah. What else did you need from me here?
1: I think it was pretty much every dog on day. Coach T used to give a bone every once in a while. Well, my first two years of two years, I did it before the change happened. And, man, we we would get a one that was still just as long as the two put together and then double back the next morning. Hey, hard times were real, DK.
0: He he loved the two-a-days. This was a sad, sad man whenever they took the two-a-days away. I,
1: I guarantee you, you bring it up to him in a setting, he'd hold court on that in general.
0: There's no doubt. Well, let, let's hold court on a, on a subject that's related to this football team. Uh, As it gears up for the Hall of Fame game, if one can actually do such a thing. This defense, Moan, Mm -hmm. I look at this defense from the standpoint of what it still has. I feel like most of the nation looks at this defense from the standpoint of what's been lost. Meaning, of course, Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton, and everything else here. Where are you on this? Can this defense still be elite? Like really, like elite? Because that's what it's been. Mm -hmm. It's been elite. I'll say this. If they get their cohesion
1: together early and often, they're going to be fine. Also, the complement of the offense is going to contribute to that, too. I do see them being able to make big plays. Well, let's say this. The core pieces that you need as far as what this defense has did in the past is still there. Starting with leader number one, Cam. You got to it still. You got Tyson Aluulu still. You got TJ still. You got Joe still. What whether you what whatever you think about him or not being an older guy, Joe is still playing really good ball. You got Minka. You got Terrell. You're getting Devin back. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. And you got a young guy, in Alex Eismith, plays yeah, apparently. and Alex Smith. This place, yeah,
0: and Robert Spillane now, especially That's with Spillane. Vinny retiring, oh. is going to be the yeah. So and, and 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 you've got Cam Sutton in there, Cam Sutton. and and right outside corner, we're kind of holding our breath right now. But you know, it might be James Pierre. They might try something else. They might have Cam Sutton out there. Yeah, go with Antoine Brooks. In the middle, that's the way things are lining up in in, in camp so far. Antoine, there's always one of those. It, it is, but but you know? every single year, it's that one guy. Remember, it was Mike Hilton? Who was this was, guy? I, I was just gonna say, yeah.
1: And it then 48. it was Cam Sutton? Oh, who was this guy? Yeah. Like that's one thing I've I I I, I, I kudos, I give kudos to them on in their front office and coaching staff is either getting the best out of guys or finding the right guys for the situations. I don't think as many guys that could have did what Mike Hilton or now what Cam Sutton did. And, and, and that's what I mean when I started reeling off those guys earlier, your Cam, your TJs, uh, your Tuits. It's because that group right there is going to lead the charge. Minka, they're going to lead the charge, and everybody else falls in line behind those guys. Now, you always got to get into the issue of depth and, you know, trying to find the ability to make sure everybody is, knows what they're doing, and there's no drop-off between starters and starters in waiting. That's the reason you'll get a guy like Melvin Ingram. That's a huge pickup. I don't. It's kind of understated. And truth be told, is, uh, you'd rather them not talk about them as much. You'd rather them not ooh and ah and PFF this and, and stat line that because those guys want to go play. Melvin Ingram right now is at a crazy just ready to go right now. Ben and Marquise are trying to FaceTime me right now currently. Oh <laughs> my
0: I can't ask him, and it's him calling. <laughs> but, um, I've never felt more important in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing comes ahead of the Ramon Foster show.
1: <laughs> no, I can't
0: ask you. Although we're welcome because... to have them on as guests, but I don't <laughs> think that would actually work
1: out. <laughs> no, not right now. I would have to tell them I'm on a I got but, but to this defense though, it's gonna it's, it's gotta be more ebb and flow. More ebb, no, more flow with the offense though, in order for them to be good. Because even though I mentioned all those names, they still got a year under their belt. Well, a year on their body still. You know what I'm saying? As far yeah. as like Cam is still playing high, but it, it, you need to find somebody to give Cam a, a spare breather every once in a while. And the same goes for Tua, you know?
0: Well, I, that's one of my concerns with the defense is exactly that. I need to make sure that, that 97, 94, and 91 are getting spelled uh, in yeah. the middle. Okay, And I don't is it Isaiah Bugs? is it Carlos Davis you you and I have been over those two guys and yeah. they kind of have to show themselves i think they would do well to show themselves like now <laughs> you know yeah oh no they have to okay <laughs> they they Training have camp? to because you and, and cam is a lifer i think they're in pittsburgh
1: and I, I think two would be two yeah. but when it comes down to trying to find a successor again sometimes rebuild and sometimes reload i don't know if it's isaiah or or um What's his name? Uh, God, the other backup. Carlos lineman. Davis. Carlos yeah. Davis. Um, but they got to start finding one or two pieces there. I wouldn't be shocked, everybody, if next year you see a first-round D tackle or somebody to – Yeah, to, you're going to you start. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially the same with, with the, way the football did with, team
0: – with, you know, with
1: Ziggy and and you remember when they started drafting Ziggy Hood after Kiesel mm-hmm. them started playing a little bit more, they're on that way. But yes, I do think this defense because it's always elite DK.
0: Yeah, see that that's the thing is I, I keep like I'm I'm trying to deal in fatalistic scenarios here where I say well no, okay no injuries okay right. that's that's a different discussion, but when I look at this group right now, I ask myself okay what is the biggest drop off that you have here because for the most part. Okay, at inside linebacker, you have an upgrade because Devin Bush is back. And by the way, it looks, yep. really it looks really I, good. Looks really good. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have Bud to Highsmith slash Ingram, mm-hmm. and the Steelers have made it pretty clear, Mo, and this is interesting to me that they're not anointing anyone at as starter. Smart. Okay? And that's smart because if you, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but when you talk about edge rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're not talking about two men at the position. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a constant, watch, it's a rotation because TJ, TJ does this. And that's okay. okay? He has to because he's yeah. chasing Lamar Jackson all over the field, you know? <laughs> but- and you need guys involved, and it's not just three. Yeah. You know? You're going to no. need people involved. It's, that's going to be huge, man. But then it,
1: I'll say this. This will also – Coach T is such a nerd when it comes to him, Kev, the front office, the coaching staff. They're nerds. They're friggin' sprinkling seasonings here and there on everything <laughs> they do because you know why. But let me explain to you why this Please is going to pay off for them. They get a guy like Alex Highsmith, bam, went through all the of offseason, chilled. Yes. I ain't going to say chilled, but he was – Outside Russia, number one. Sure. Pretty much. Yep. And then what do they do? They go get a hungry vet and say, look, do what you need to do to do to show everybody that you still got it. But you know what that does to a guy like Alex?
0: Oh, yeah. It's it another makes another him even more hungry. It's another level. It
1: makes him compete because now you got a pro bowl, all pro guy that's battling with you. And now you know what? You can't concede
0: because they drafted you to be the guy. Truth yeah. be told. I guess, Moan, what we're really talking about here, maybe more than anything else here in, in that event, is right outside corner. And if the Steelers are serious about having Cam Sutton play out there, my only stance on this whole thing regarding Cam, and, and Cam knows this because I've shared it with him, Yeah, that is leave him there. I, I just I'm not, I know game. everyone said it, it says, oh he he's so smart he can and he is and he can bounce inside and outside but Joe Hayden said himself on the record he said that he had to do that early on in his time in Cleveland. Yeah and he said I did it. it it's no fun and no, it's not it, easy. It's like going from
1: guard to tackle. I would have hated that. I when when you find your starting position, good. Because now I can just focus on excellent. And, yes, Cam is is Cam Sutton is good at that. But um, I'll say this, too, that defensive front, front seven, is good enough to actually cover for Cam, though, too. Oh. If there is. You know what okay. I'm saying as far as the, the front end and the back end work together is what I'm alluding to. And I think if for anything, if Cam's in those situations, that whole defense is going to know that he's out there with a little less experience playing out like that and rushing coverage play well with each other.
0: That's in it. And Pittsburgh. That's it. All he has to do. Well, I'm saying this like it's nothing, but all Cam has to do on the outside is play at the level Steven Nelson did, which means maintain island coverage. Let Minka yeah. be free. You know what yeah. I mean? Let, yep. let Don't don't have Minka be doubling people. Have mm-hmm. Minka do his Minka thing, you know, and,
1: and was wild. It's OK. Truth be told, it's OK if you give up a player or two. I mean, that's just how the game goes. It's it's what you do the next play after that. Now, if we see a snowball effect, okay, now we got to start settling into other positions and finding a guy. They're
0: they're but picking on you, and, and everybody gets yeah. got.
1: Steve Nelson got play. He he got picked on when he came to Pittsburgh too, because people
0: didn't believe it until you no. showed them. Right, that's true actually, because he got mm-hmm. targeted a lot in Kansas City before he came. To the Steelers, so yeah. we're so we're. I mean, the defense can still be what top yes. five, top three. But, and this is other. They know they got to carry a little
1: bit too, because the offense is more young than the defense is. And, and I guarantee you, Bust is sitting in that room and Mike T's talking with them and saying those same thing. That's just, that's that, that, when that defense currently that's there was growing up. It wasn't told to us, but it was kind of expected, Hey, look, they're going through their growing pains right now. And it wasn't disrespectful. It's just that look, there's a lot of inexperience on that side. And we got to carry our home. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A, the, the, it's flipped right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. When we come back here on the Ramon Foster Show, we will talk about the tight end position, and it's an interesting discussion. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. If only everyone could hear the stuff that we talked about during the <laughs> oh, breaks. <no! laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, it's an interesting position this year for the Steelers because Pat Fryermuth is in, second rounder out of Penn State, yeah. and he is performing really, really well during the no pads portion of training camp for whatever it is that that's worth, which Fryermuth himself uh, told us today was not much because he needs to be blocking. Um, hey. What do you, what do you see in this mix here? Because you know what Eric Ebron is, yes, and for for good and for for not good. Okay, you also know that he's a real weapon.
1: He is he, he can be your number three wide receiver or yeah. your first target depending on where, or your first option depending on where you are on the field. I think that's the Ben. That's the reason Ben built a rapport with him. I think that's the reason you see him just as confident as he is, man. As much as you just like, let's say his blocking or whatever, you know, his, his physicality at the line of scrimmage, the guy make plays. He's acrobatic with what he does. I've seen him. We've seen him go across the middle, make those plays. Um, it's, it's just a good weapon to have on this type of offense, especially hearing what we're hearing, how it's going to look in real time. You need a guy like him. He's a mixed mixed match type of guy where either you need to put a DB on him, which can be a bad situation if he moves him off the line or you put a, a linebacker on him, not named Devin Bush. You know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. or or uh, what's the Devin and, and Tampa Devin White, uh, Devin yeah. White. Like it's only so many out there that can cover a guy like him, and that's the best thing about having him on your roster. Uh, aside from everything else, and yes, you can kind of scheme your defense up against a guy like that, but if he's just okay in the pass block, I mean in the run blocking, you're good to go. And and yeah, that's the well, beauty of he's savvy.
0: Yeah, well, game. Let's talk about being just okay in the run blocking area because. You know, yeah. there, there's a new tight ends coach, Alfredo Roberts, on hand. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, hes referring to these guys internally in their little classroom as badasses. And he wants to bring back the badass mm-hmm. mentality to the tight end room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the mentality that was there, obviously. Heath Miller, who took even more yes. pride in his Matt blocking Spath. than he did in Matt faith, and, and, and actually, Matt faith, and, and uh, truly to use this term again, elite blocker. Yes,
1: I was gonna say, let's not look over that, but I'll say, yeah. well, as I'm gonna go ahead and go into it if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. But Coach JD, Coach James Daniels, that was in Pittsburgh, he took mm-hmm. pride in that every day they started off that practice with that heavy sled, yep. and I was glad it wasn't our sled, that was a tight end sled, okay? Um, but when you see I'd say this you hear a difference between Spath and Heath hitting it. Yeah. Other guys. <laughs> Okay, and that's because they took pride in it. One, you got to think when they came in, it was a run-first type of offense. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was a protect-then type of offense. It was you'll get yours, just you better block first. And Heath took that personal. Spath, I've seen Spades take all pro-defensive ends on the corner, okay, and put them on their back. And you knew the play is over, but Spades was so nasty and he was so long and <laughs> rangy. And it's like, he how, stand are you <laughs> able, how are you able to do this? You're – the space might have been 265 at his heaviest. You know what I'm saying? So it the, wasn't like he was a
0: big dude. The leverage that yes. he had to get to go down low. Because, yeah, you watch him pass through the locker room, and you could actually kind of confuse him. And I say I, this <laughs> respectfully for Landry Jones. Like, just, yeah. you know, they actually kind of like what pass through, and you go, wait a second, which one of you is the elite blocking tight end <laughs> here? Uh Muth has a, has a, a, a pedigree for being yeah. a good blocker, but as Ebron very bluntly, which is his M.O., stated today, there's a big difference between blocking in college, blocking in the NFL. That's true. This will not surprise you at all. I'm going to share this with you, and you're going to love this. But every time Friermuth makes a catch, mm-hmm. Tomlin gets into his range somewhere and yells out, can you block? <laughs> oh. <laughs> every time and you've seen him he finds guys like this in camp that's this one and that's he, his one the, it, it is so can you like i i know you can do this yeah okay this doesn't interest me oh, oh i wish i was there at camp right now
1: oh my <laughs> god as soon as he would say that i was like oh is that your don't take it guy yeah. Because every year, Coach, I was his don't-take-it guy for, like, five years just because he just knew he wanted me to push to another level. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know you can play, but let's go again. Like, that's Coach T, man. And, again, that, that point that he's making about can you block, the thing is Coach T know he, he can block yeah. decently probably. But he wanted to piss him off every day by simply putting him under the grinder. To say, and everyone hears it. It's not yes. just him.
0: That's Ebron big- hears it.
1: Yes, and, and that's and that's also a, a, a adage at, at at Ebron's. Like, all right, I'm calling out you, but I'm talking to the entire room. Like the catching the stuff is cute. I love the catching stuff, but they didn't go get a first round running back for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. This, this running game is going to complement those passes over the middle in that aspect of being able to block first and also not just that run block but pass blocking. If Ben is going to have his back turned to this defense, the the one spot you don't, worry about, don't want to worry about on the field is, is having the left tackle, having to help the guard and help the DN or help yes. the tight end. That takes away. That's one thing Heath and Spaeth always took So much pride in is If we were going our our seven-man blocking schemes up front or play action, they were going to be able to hold their own. You can ask Ben to this day. He trusted them with his back turned away to the defense. That's because they took pride in it, and that's what he wants. That's why you'll get a kid like Friar Muth. And this is the thing, too, getting the kid out of the Big Ten. They're I always look at them as a run first type of uh conference. They got big linemen, they got big running backs, and they run the ball to a T every single year. That's one thing they're gonna do. And being at Penn State or Ohio State or at Michigan, they run the ball. That's the reason you'll get uh the kid out of Michigan. What was it last year? Uh, Gentry,
0: yeah, I yeah. mean, it's he, Zach Gentry, who by the way had a great, great catch with so- training camp today.
1: You see the the mentality of it. What was it? Heath is a uh, ACC guy, but Spate is a Big Ten guy too.
0: Yeah, Tomlin mentioned uh, actually, coincidentally here something very similar to that. He said one of the things that they liked about Friermuth and, and his blocking pedigree is that he does come from Penn State, where they had Saquon Barkley, and they understood yeah. that this is this is how we're going to get downfield. This is how it's this is going to be. Uh, Penn State really has not varied much over the years. And I'm talking about the years. Now I when was looking running at- the football.
1: I was looking at Heath's stats the other day because I was comparing tight ends uh, for my job here in Nashville. And uh, he's high as, like, Pro Bowl years. Like, he probably have, like, 600, 700 yards. But his impact on the field was so much higher. First man. First downs. It got a Pro Bowl. You know, like, that's what you want out of your tight end. The Kelseys, the Kittles.
0: Well, let me ask you this before we wrap up this subject. Uh, If you're Matt Canada, I'm going to put you on a spot here. If you're Matt Canada and you know – that there's this edict from on high, and you have this first round running back and everything else here, would you be okay with putting Friermuth out there ahead of Ebron situationally?
1: No, I don't think you're necessarily gonna go that far. I think if 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 get, gets in the game and mm-hmm. he does well with both of them, because that's what you don't want to be predictable. Ebron's out there, pass set, let's go dime, right. you know. So, it, but if he proves himself to be able to be a pass catching tight end slash blocker too. You find sets for them. That's what you do. You find sets. So you don't want to be super predictable. And also gets to a point where if they are, you just say, "Screw it, stop me." That's always my mantra.
0: When we come back, we're gonna do a slice of life with Ramon, and we're gonna push a couple of sensitive uh, buttons here. <whistles> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's our slice of life with Ramon segment. We're gonna touch on something that's a little bit sensitive. Uh, For some people, I'm not sure that it should be, but it's a very real thing in the NFL this season to be talking about vaccinations and who's vaccinated and who isn't because it's going to be part of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're not vaccinated and your team is is subject to some kind of outbreak, it's been made very clear. Painfully clear that this won't be like last year. Remember when yeah. the Ravens and you know the Ravens the kept 17 and 17 and, and the Titans and the Bills and all and of the it seemed Steelers. to be Steelers, right? And uh this year it's gonna be you snooze, you lose. You're gonna you're gonna forfeit. So it's part of the game. Now, Ramon, the Steelers as, as you know, are one of the best in yeah. the NFL with the vaccination rate uh in the top 90 percent. So this, there's not a negative story to be had here, but there are players, including Naji Harris, who are in camp that are wearing these pretty conspicuous yellow wristbands, and and, and Naji even had a mask on for some of his drills uh, the first day of camp at Heinz Field. What are your thoughts on this? First of all, because I know you're a you're a guy who's a players' union rep too, and you can hear all sides of it.
1: To me, if that's his, if that's the case for him, then it's workplace rules that they've put in place to say, hey, if you don't, then you're going to have a separate set of rules that everybody else don't do. You don't get the same freedoms as they do. It's just like being good in classroom. You be good in classroom, you might get an extra five minutes out on the playground. <laughs> you might be able to play tag a little bit longer. You can spend the merry-go-round the way it goes even further or, or faster. That's what happens is if you don't do what we ask you to do, then that's fine. There's a separate set of rules. There should be no complaints behind it either because you are an adult. You know what the consequences are going to be. So I got no issue with if that's how anybody chooses to live, then get tested every day. (laughs) Uh, Don't not able to eat with your teammates. uh, Separate travel bus to games. Um, There's a lot more. It's a a long list. list. And it even
0: involves classroom settings and things like that that you would think you know the the football component would would rise up pretty high in the priority list. But here here's the other challenge to this is Ron Rivera uh, in Charlotte was talking about. Well, like, it was Washington. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, I, Washington you know, football where, where, where he was, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlotte, and he's he was uh, talking about his team's really low vaccination rate and how much that disappointed wow. him, especially given his status as a as a cancer survivor. Yeah. And he, he brought that up and he but he also said like I, I I'm frustrated, but I don't know what else I can do. What can or should a coach, a positional coach, even teammates, because Moan face it, if you were still in that locker room, yeah, they'd be laying this right on your plate. <clears throat> you know that yeah a hundred percent
1: man it's this simple to me well it's two two sides of it. i'll give it quickly to you on one side your choice your body go about it however you want to that's beautiful you do if you don't fine that's your choice but for the guys that are still playing and this is just my personal preference or is my opinion on all of this is We've always been saying I'll do anything I can for the game of football. I'll die out on this field. I know the, the consequences of me playing this game. I know that, hey, I've said time and time again, man, put the ball down anywhere. I'll play anywhere. It don't matter. We can play on this concrete. I'll do anything for this game because I love this game. That's how we've always approached this game. From the time you've seen you've been covering players, DK, from the 90s all the way up to now, and it's probably almost every athlete, too. The things that we learned last year is we love the game of football as fans. As people who consume it. And the players, I think if we 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 put them in a situation where it was no crowd again, where there was no interaction with the big play that you made, and this is your contract year, and you need to feed off that energy when it comes down to it, you gotta be around your teammates because that's one thing we saw, at least on the college level, those guys weren't able to be around each other. They weren't able to do like day-to-day things. I think that's the same thing that goes with the football team. Look at last year with how hot this team was. I think it got to a point to where all the testing, all of the, the reports and all of the day-to-days just kind of wore out on players a little bit. I'll be completely honest with you. Nobody's told me that, but I know that season when it ended, it was like, finally, we're done <laughs> with this. I ain't got to get tested no more. And and This is the thing for, for me. If you really like your teammates, you ain't got to love them. If you really like your teammates and you want to play the game and you want to be a part of pushing the economy forward, pushing people forward, I ain't telling you to be an advocate of it, but if it's proven that this works, and we've seen the articles of people who have been on their deathbeds, I read one of a couple, that was real disheartening to kind of see. It was one guy that was out here saying, man, I got 99 problems, but a vaccine won. And his mother was begging him, absolutely begging him to get a shot. And he didn't. He got COVID. Six days later, he died. And there was another doctor talking about a situation where it was like it was people who she was seeing in the COVID unit in the hospital. I hospitals. saw that.
0: That was in Alabama. Yeah. Was in the and Birmingham she, paper. I read yeah, that. Article. Yeah. And
1: and she's saying these people are begging her, Doc, can I get the shot? And she's she said like, it's too late. I'm sorry, but it's too late. Yeah. Now, I know these guys are world-class athletes and everybody work out and you feel it's not me, man, but we've all been in a situation we've known people where it's like it ain't going to happen to me and we've seen this stuff happen. Um, if we as fans want the game too, want to be back in the stadium, want to be waving that terrible towel if I just watched the Woodstock 99 documentary and there was a towel there full of people having a good time, then I think we got to be a little bit open whether it's your political preference, whether it's your body preference. We don't have these same gripes and ma- moans and complaining about when our parents had to get the polio shot. I remember saying to my mom, all in this big dot where they had to get it. And now we don't hear about those cases. Measles. You don't see that as much. There was an outbreak of an anti-vaxxer somewhere in the United States like a couple of years ago. But chickenpox, when was the last time you seen somebody do that?
0: No, smallpox is gone, eradicated. I mean, and, and
1: I, I'm no doctor. This is just what I've read in articles that, that I've seen to say, hey, this is why vaccines work. And I've had this conversation a million times. But if you are as passionate as you say you are about those guys and that franchise and what it means, one thing I'll say that that Mr. Rooney, the chief, I've heard about um, the ambassador all is you got to be of the people. And meaning that is I've always my, my career. I'm not the greatest person in this world, but you got to try to be a good person. And if that means you trying to do something for the person beside you or your grandmother or your auntie that might have an underlying condition or your head coach in Ron Rivera, consider it at least. It's, it's all I ask. and if you dislike this segment, fine, this is mm. our opinion about it and this is me saying I want to come to Hinesville with my radio crew and show them what a real stadium <laughs> looks like, okay? This is me saying I've never tailgated a day in my life. And I want to walk around that parking lot and come and see your spirits table. I've never experienced that. I've never tailgated a day in my life.
0: Do okay? they have to teach you the twirl? They'll have to they teach you get... the...
1: <laughs> I might throw the towel on her. I don't know which hand to do it with, DK, is what I'm telling you. But I want to be on that sideline the same way I've seen Wiz Khalifa, Matt Miller, I, I... Chadwick Bozeman do yep. this, Brett Kiesel do this. He, You know what I'm saying? Like... That's what I'm looking for. And if this helps gets us to there, screw the political side, screw right, left. It's,
0: I keep saying it's not, good. it's not a political issue. It's a public health issue, regardless of whichever way you think about it. It's, it's it's a public health issue. The one thing I feel obligated to bring up specifically since I mentioned Najee is that there's been zero confirmation from the Steelers as to what the yellow wristbands mean or the mask or whatever. We're, we're, we're obviously drawing a logical deduction oh, yeah. here and that's his choice <laughs> and and furthermore what and this is also important what i don't know is that for for all i know Naji already had the first shot and is waiting on the second so or let, he had for,
1: covid in his break and now he can't get the shot to 90 days later or something or I
0: don't we just don't we flat out don't know so i would advise very strongly all of us to just like you know, they have ninety players in camp, thirteen of them haven't been vaccinated. It appears that Najee isn't one of them, but we just don't know the circumstances all at, right. at all. That said, I'm <laughs> Ramon's broader points absolutely stand. Uh, that's that's where we are, that this stuff is absolutely part of sports too. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Moan, love we'll to do this again next week. I'm for this, DK.
1: Before you know, (laughs) some big production company going to try to pick this up from you, man. With you, of course.
0: I don't know how much bigger it gets, you know, than than (laughs) YouTube.com, you know? Started to have a Michael (laughs) Scott moment right there, but I passed on it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, Bo, we'll do it again. Let's do it again, DK.